Well, as we come down from the high of the Iowa run to the national championship game in women's basketball, it's time to turn our attention to football. Some of the biggest questions for Iowa this spring will break things down and the transfer portal. It is open for men's and women's basketball. A couple of targets to talk about all today on Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We are wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there. Five-star reviews on the podcast side. The analytics, they love it, and it helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, we do have a little women's basketball talk, though, that has dominated the feed here over the last couple of weeks. There are still many things to talk about in the world of Hawkeye athletics today. We're getting into some spring football talk. want to uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with spring football as they continue on. The announcement uh, came down officially today is when we are going to uh, be able to see the team in person coming up here in just a couple of weeks in their final practice of the year as the open practice is set now for April 22nd. Uh, if you missed it, gates will open that morning, Saturday morning at 945. The practice is scheduled to begin at 1045. You'll be able to get into gates A, B, and H is where you'll be able to enter there with regular procedures in place. No tailgating, unfortunately. You know, crack open one, maybe grill up a brat. Not going to be able to happen as that's been the case for many years with spring football. Though, you know, you can always find a way or two around that. Hey, just between you and me. But let's talk spring football. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about this football team. And one thing that I, I do want to really start with here is, yeah, I've had plenty of negativity and frustrations that have grown in the ineptitude of Brian Ferentz. But there's still an opportunity for this team to have a really successful year. And really, when you start the conversation and in the beginning part of what we're hearing about, you know, this team is can the Hawkeye offense actually be fixed? Taking personalities aside, taking Brian Ferentz and, and Kirk out of the equation and just, just looking at it in the most simple terms. Can what they want to do, can it actually be fixed and improve from what we've seen certainly last year and over the last couple of years? And and I am hopeful that that can happen, even with many of the negative things that I've said and that I still think are there. I think that this team can do enough offensively to be improved. Now, there are so many things that go into this, and it's not just a place calling calling and scheme. That's, though, a big part of that, but it's having the guys out there that are going to be able to do that. And I, I don't think we can overestimate how important it is to get a competent quarterback back there. The gap between Cade McNamara. Now, here's another thing I want to warn about. Now, Cade McNamara, I think in some circles, is being made out to be that we got Caleb Williams coming in here to run the offense. That Drake May is going to be the, the guy back there behind center this season. That's not Cade McNamara. He is more of a game manager. He's a guy that can make plays down the field. He can make plays with his feet. And we'll see coming off the, obviously, surgery and, and what that's going to be and what his ability is going to be athletically compared to what we saw during his days at Michigan. But we're also not talking about a guy that's going to go out there suddenly and throw for 3,800 yards and 35 touchdowns. That's also not what it's going to be. It's the limitations of the offense, and it's also the limitations of him. So 
I, I just I want to warn people if you're expecting you know, this quarterback that's going to come out there and, and look completely different. Look, he's good. And also hand-in-hand hand, with Spencer Petras is bad. There's no two ways about it. He was a bad quarterback. We know when Iowa has somebody pretty good back there, this team has a chance to elevate themselves. I mean, they took that quarterback play and that offensive play to a Big Ten championship two years ago, and they were a game away from going back-to-back to the Big Ten championship game. Yes, it was against the Big Ten West. Yes, <laughs> it is the weakest division in college football historically over the last five years, and we certainly know that, but it is there for the taking again this year. Nebraska, they're going through a transition. They're going from Scott Frost and into Matt Rule. I think Rule is going to be a guy that's going to be successful, will ultimately be successful enough for that crazy fan base over there. That's a different conversation. Wisconsin is going through an even bigger adjustment period now as they're really changing things up schematically. And if you're somebody like me in their 40s or people in their 50s, the only time that we've seen Wisconsin football be successful is when they're running a power style offense with a power running game, play action. That's when they've been successful with Luke Fickle. And they're going to change things up. And this is going to be a more wide open offense. Do they have the hogs up front to make that happen? Do they have to retool what they're looking for for offensive linemen? They have the quarterback play, though they brought in a bunch of them, and there's a lot of buzz about what they're doing there. This transition period, Minnesota lost a ton off of last year's team. Illinois lost plenty off of their team from a season ago. Iowa, I don't think it is any anything at all to say that they are not just the favorite, the prohibitive favorite in the Big Ten West. But back to the original point. Can this offense be fixed? And I think the answer very simply is yes. Yes, it can. With improved quarterback play, that they can become competent. Top 75, top 70 in the country, something like that. In total offense, when you take pace into play, being towards the top 50, I think that is a realistic scenario for what they have. And there's still more to be done. The offensive line that we see right now, one practice last week, just six scholarship offensive linemen were available. You know, health is something that's going to be improved. I do like some of the adjustments that we've seen where Iowa has not been strictly a zone blocking t- scheme, but also going a little bit more with some combo blocks, doing some more man-on-man, seeing a little bit more of that. I think that is important also in the evolution of this offense. And though I don't think Brian Ferentz is a great offensive coordinator, I think he knows what he wants to do. I just don't know if he knows how to put it together. And that is coordinating an offense and calling plays and making those kind of decisions. I think those are the things that he really struggles about. I think him understanding, along with Cade McNamara, what they're trying to do, having more people in the building that have that ability to actually come through and actually execute the game plan, I think that's going to be there. This is not to say that it's fixed. And there is going to be a ton of work that still needs to be done. The problem, losing all those offense alignment to entry this spring, you don't get that continuity. And how many t- times have we seen in the past Iowa get off to a slow start in September because that continuity isn't there? And by October, November, we do see it all start clicking, but a slow start. And I think that's something you have to look at this year with Iowa football is a possibility of a slow start. Ton of new faces, something that Iowa has never dealt with before. Yeah, there's been a name here or there. There's been some guys that have come in, but nothing at the level that we're seeing. The injuries with the offensive line, a huge problem. Timing with the quarterback coming off the injury. Cade McNamara is not taking snaps from center right now. They do not want to have anything happen to that reconstructed knee. They're taking things incredibly slow with him, as they should, because him being upright is a huge, huge importance to this team. I mean, it's very well the gap between them being 10-2 and and back in the Big Ten championship game and falling on the face and going 5-7. and I think the gap is that big to what they have and what McNamara 
can be for them. It's a hugely important part, but you get that timing down. What's it going to be with the wide receivers? You bring in a transfer wide receiver in Seth Anderson, and he's sitting out here this spring. So injuries are a big part of this, but at minimum, I am hopeful that, yes, they're going to be much better on the offensive side. Not many ways that they can go, certainly, on the offense. Let's go over to the defense as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Some burning questions for spring. We'll jump over to the defense when we continue here in a moment on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Well, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three pointers drained. You can put together money line bets. How about building your favorite same game parlay for the weekend? You can do all that over at FanDuel. I'm a Timberwolves fan. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Two games remaining for them as they try to continue their path into the playoffs. A slight possibility maybe that they can get in, uh, stay out of the play and around, going to need a lot of help to do that. They play Saturday against San Antonio and then wrap things up against the Pelicans, a team they also might see in the play-in tournament. You can do all that, put it all together. I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns, put them together over one and a half, three pointers, a double double. You can do that. Take the Ant Man, you put it all together. Here's your same game parlay. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel. They are an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Choking things down here just a little bit. Kind of back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. All right, so talked about the offense. I I think there is a real possibility that we see a big step forward from this offense this year. There are plenty of things to be concerned about. We'll talk about those individual concerns here as spring football continues, but more some big picture stuff. And defensively, you know, one thing, I brought this up a lot. And going back now, what, almost 15 years ago, when Iowa came into 2010, big expectations, had the breakthrough a season in 2009. And, and with it, there was a lot of talk about Iowa being a, a preseason top 10 team, the possibilities of them making a big run once again in 2010. And though they were very talented, they lost a lot of close games. They lost a lot of games that year. I believe every one of those games that they lost came in the fourth quarter where they had a lead in the fourth quarter and couldn't break through. One of those reasons was they didn't get the same playmaking from Ricky Stanzi, though he was a much better quarterback in his senior season compared to what he was as a junior. Didn't have those same kind of clutch plays that we saw in 2009. But also, I think the biggest thing was they didn't have depth up front. They didn't have depth on the defensive line. They had four outstanding guys up there and not much else behind it, and it showed. So that spring, Iowa went out, and they were talking to programs, including Georgia. And one of the things they said is, you know, why is your defense line year after year? This is under Mark Rick. Why is it so good? And very simply, they said, because we've got a lot, a lot of dudes. Well, what I was done in the interim is they've got a lot of dudes. And the depth of this defensive line this year is going to be absolutely incredible. I love what they have on the edge now. Obviously, Joey the Bull, Joe Evans, coming back for another season of football. We know what a playmaker he can be. And that's certainly going to show up again this year. On the other side, Deontay Craig, I think his best football still is in front of him. This is a guy that's still building 
you look at the size, he's got long arms and wingspan. I would love to see what his wingspan is because he just got those long arms that seem to be able to chuck around an offensive tackle. He's got so much to his game, and I think he's just going to continue to get better and better. But it's not just a couple of guys. So much depth up front there, and that's what leads to the excitement. When you're good up front, your defense is going to be good, and that is certainly the case. Jay Higgins went from a year ago at linebacker, a fill-in after the injury, thought, oh, we'll see. He was a special teamer. By the end of the season, he was a very good linebacker. Now he's got big shoes to fill, more than likely in the role of Seth Benson. Nick Jackson, the Virginia transfer, he'll be in after he completes his studies and gets his degree from the University of Virginia. He'll be in for his final season. More than likely, he'll be manning the middle linebacker spot. They're going to be good there. Depth, that's a question mark. A couple of new names that have continued to build up. We'll see on that front. And the starting unit, though, is elite. One through 11 on this defense, they're going to be so good. And uh, one other little thing to throw in there. The defense, no surprise, is going to be really good. Can it even take a step forward from what it was a year ago? You know, you lose Lucas Van Ness. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. And we got some more coverage coming your way with that NFL draft. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But obviously, uh, that part of it. But the other part that I love about this team is that they continue to evolve. That Phil Parker does not just rest on his laurels, that he, he just doesn't sit there and say, oh, you know what, we're pretty good. Uh, we're one of the best in the country, and we're happy with that. No, he's always looking, always tinkering, always trying to find that next angle. And with this team and with the depth that they continue to try to build, that's going to be a big case. Now, we're talking about building that depth for Iowa football. We've been talking a lot about the transfer portal opening up on May 1st. It'll be open from May 1st to May 15th. Actually saw a note today from Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic, and she mentioned that that's actually not true this year. It is going to open up earlier this season. There was a uh, pass from the Coaches uh, Association that that portal will actually open up on April 15th. So something to keep an eye on there as we are just 10 days away now from that thing opening up, and that can be very impactful to what I was trying to do. They're going to be looking wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. They're going to also be looking for something at the cornerback spot. Not a starter, uh, likely. Now, if you can find one, of course, you would take it. But more of a depth piece. I, we saw a year ago in that Nebraska game, Iowa just didn't have the depth because of the injuries at the cornerback spot. And we saw how quickly things got out of hand there. That's going to be another part that they're going to be looking at. But very excited about this defense, as you should be as well. Special teams, they'll be very good. LeVar Woods is in capable hands. And, and let's see what LeVar comes up with. You know, it's been a couple of years since we saw a lot of those trick plays that became a huge part of Iowa football. We thought, think back to Polcat and the win against Ohio State. Those kind of things that we saw now, what, five, six years ago? Yeah, they get, get a little bit more of that. The two-point conversion play that they ran against Minnesota up there uh, one year. Let's see a little bit more. And for a team that is looking always for why, ways to generate points, let's get back to a little bit more of that with the special team. So we got all that with football. We also have basketball and potential huge, huge news. One of the best forward centers in the country has entered the transfer portal. She's from the Midwest. Is there a possibility she ends up at Iowa? Also on the med side, we got portal news. One of the transfers is making a decision tomorrow. He's got Iowa amongst his final four teams. Do the Hawkeyes have a shot? Well, let's say better than 25% shot. We'll talk about that portal news when we come back on Locked On Hawkeyes. 
All right, Trent, kind of back with you one final time here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every single day. So we're talking about Lucas Van Ness. Also saw a couple of two different mock drafts this week. that had Sam Laporta going in the first round. I That was an eye-opener for me. Another mock draft, I think this one was over at The Athletic, had Van Ness going at 11, and then three Hawkeye players selected in the second round, which was another absolute eye-opener. Jack Campbell? Okay, Sam Laporta, sure. And Riley Moss going in the second round. I did not anticipate that. I called a lot of Riley's games in high school. Thought he had a chance to be a good player at the collegiate level. Never saw this, and he can go more and more. There's a lot of NFL draft talk. We're going to be talking a little bit more about those Hawkeye prospects coming up here over the next couple of weeks. Of course, just uh, from the south of us down in Kansas City, the draft's going to be this year. Know a lot of Iowa fans will be making their way down there, going through the fan experience uh, that they'll have. Really, really cool. Well, we got something new for you as well here on Locked On. We have a new NFL Draft newsletter. And what you're going to get every single week, you're going to get a story from our NFL Draft expert, Luke Inman, a top five ranking of positions, links for the great draft content across the Locked On Network. So you're an NFL fan, you're a college football fan, you're a draft fan. We got you covered with Locked On. You can sign up for the newsletter. Very easy. Just go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. See what they're saying about the Hawkeyes. See what they're saying about your favorite NFL team over with Locked On. LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. Let's get into, right now, Iowa basketball. So mention a, a name that has been out there for a while for Iowa on the men's basketball side of things. They're continuing to look in the portal for bigs. There seems to be kind of a five, six, seven names that continue to pop up there. You have the Wofford transfer in BJ Mack. I was listed amongst his finalists. They're setting up visits with a lot of those guys. In fact, as we told you just the other day, a couple of guys already getting ready to go. Well, one that was coming in this weekend is from St. Francis College of Pennsylvania, Josh Cohen, six foot nine. He's down to his final four, Penn State, Iowa, UMass, and Santa Clara. Santa Clara, huh? You got a couple of East Coast teams, got Iowa in the Big Ten, and Santa Clara. Well, he averaged 21 points, eight and a half rebounds a game a year ago. Good player. In fact, saw him play, it was in the Northeast Conference Tournament. I had a wager on St. Francis. In fact, a couple this year. I played them a couple of times. I always had to warn people, make sure you get the right St. Uh, Francis. Don't get the one from New York. Get the Pennsylvania one. So I've seen Cohen play a couple of times. More of an under-the-rim guy. I mean, he's not going to wow you athletically. He'll fit in well in the Iowa scheme. Here's the problem. He was set to visit this weekend. He's making his choice tomorrow. Hmm. I think that tells you with a pretty good deal of certainty that he is not going to make a commitment to the Iowa Hawkeyes. So looking at the five, six names that we have brought up here uh, before, Cohen was a guy that was a little bit further down my list. I want to see a little bit more defensive upside. I think Iowa needs that defensive presence, certainly to make things a little bit better. So I wouldn't read too much to this. I certainly tomorrow would not anticipate that he is going to have any kind of big uh, announcement to the University of Iowa. Not take so. Maybe one that's pretty easy to even cross off your, your list if you're talking about uh, Josh Cohen. Those prospects will continue to pop. We'll see what this news, if anything, changes in terms of what they're trying to do. I think B.J. Mack is the guy, though, that's in the top of a lot of people's wish list. Now, he's also not an above-the-rim kind of guy. He is more of an under-the-rim type of player. In fact, uh, this year, as he averaged over 20 points a game for Wofford, put up a nice season, did have a dunk. 
all season long. Yeah, I think that says a little bit about the kind of player uh, that you're getting there. But that is what I was going to continue to do. It, it continues to interest me as well that Iowa, you don't see a whole lot of talk about guards in general, being a point guard, being a two guard, a slashing kind of guy, a shooter from the outside. Just not a whole lot of that. Baron McCaffrey apparently feels very confident what he has. DeSante Bowen will be back. Josh Dix will be back. Of course, we saw moments of those guys during their freshman campaign. Brock Harding comes in. You got Tony Perkins locked in one of the spots in the backcourt. But I found that interesting. Looking for bigs, maybe even multiple bigs. But that's about it right now in the transfer portal. And finally, the women's basketball team. Now, they do not have a scholarship available. We talked about this earlier in the week. There is currently no scholarship available for the Iowa women's team. They're full. 15 scholarships. They are locked and loaded. And if nobody leaves, nobody departs early, well, that will mean that we know what their roster is. I don't anticipate that's the case. I think Iowa knows that they have a huge opportunity in front of them. It's not Lisa Bluter's style to run people off, but if there was ever a time they had to do it. And if this happens, if the conversations come and people aren't willing to leave or don't want to leave, you've got to you got to have some hard conversations. It's not very often you get a once-in-a-generation player, right? Well, it's once-in-a-generation. You have a transcendent star in Caitlin Clark. They need help inside. Hannah Stolke has a chance to be great. All Big Ten great. She has a chance to do it. Still a lot of work that needs to be done. Footwork needs to be better. Has to become much better at the free throw line. Has to develop more of that 15, 18-foot jump shot. Also where she can stretch out the defense. And hopefully that also develops into, by the time she's an upperclassman, somebody that can step out and hit a three-pointer. But uh, the name that is out there that just entered the transfer portal here uh, on Wednesday afternoon on the women's side of thing is Anissa Morrow. Played at DePaul, grew up in Chicago. Ed Morrow is her dad. You might remember him from Nebraska. You might remember her brother that also played basketball at Nebraska. I mean, a, a lot of people's obviously ideas go right there. Six foot one, post player, can step out, hit, I, I think it was 53 pointers this year. Didn't shoot a great percentage from outside, but definitely hit him. I uh, watched a, a highlight package for her. Also saw a, a condensed game uh, that I watched a little bit earlier this afternoon. She would fit up incredibly well. Now we talked about having that huge post player, you know, the six five center with some athleticism and what a big help that would be against certain teams for Iowa next season. But Morrow, this is an automatic take. This is one that a phone call already needs to be reading up and uh, dialing up for Morrow because she is a great player. She was an All-American at DePaul just as a sophomore. She averaged 25.7 points, 12.2 rebounds in a Big East that had very good this season. Of course, they had Creighton. remember seeing them a year ago. UConn in the Big East. Obviously, an outstanding women's program. Villanova, who had one of the All-Americans on their team. So it was a really good league this year. She played incredibly well. One to keep an eye on at minimum. Thanks for joining us here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Your team every day on the Locked On Network. Here on Locked On Hawkeyes, we got you covered all throughout spring football. Baseball's going on. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Iowa able to salvage at least a game in their series last week against Maryland. Let a big lead slip away on Friday. That was a disappointing loss. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Brody Breck, the accolades keep coming his way. Midseason All-American. See him one of the finalists for the uh, Golden Spikes Award. A lot going on in that world. We'll talk about that. We got softball happening as well here during the spring period. So a ton going on and spring football and the transfer portal on and on and on. It never stops here with Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks again for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every single day. Again, make sure you hit up our new newsletter, 
go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletter where you can sign up and get all the NFL draft information that you want coming your way. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.